Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the NovaCare Complex. And the Eagles getting ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson on Sunday. Jacksonville 2-1. They've won back-to-back games for the first time in 18 weeks. So uh, that's interesting, right? Like we're going to talk a little later on um, about the Jaguars in our first look. John Oser from Jaguars.com will join us. Uh, We have an amazing episode. This is an amazing episode. I just want to like take a deep breath here and and really share with you how exciting everything is around here. 3-0 start. Brandon Graham, congratulations. NFC Player of the Week, Defensive Player of the Week. And that follows and just one after another. Darius Slay, Defensive Player of the Week. Zach McPherson, Special Teams Player of the Week in the NFC. It's just one after another after another. Of course, you know, Jalen Hurts waiting because he's had an incredible month as we record this on Wednesday of September. Uh, All right, in this podcast, we're going to, of course, take that first look at the Jaguars. We're going to visit with Chris Long, who on Sunday will be the Eagles honorary captain, Chris Long, and Eagle in 2017 and 2018. We're going to have Nick Sirianni in his weekly one-on-one interview here, who's going to talk a lot about our first guest, Devontae Smith, eight catches, 169 yards, and a touchdown in Sunday's win at Washington, agreed to join the Eagles Insider Podcast here. Now, look, great player, really, really nice young man. When he's in front of the media, you know, he's not super, super outgoing. So in one of the great challenges of my career, I sat down with Devontae with the hope of interviewing him for 12 minutes. Well, we uh, we sat down and we interviewed, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Let me know what you think. It's our exclusive one-on-one to kick things off here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. One-on-one with wide receiver Devontae Smith. I am so excited to bring in my next guest here into the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group, the great Devontae Smith. Um, Devontae, good afternoon. How are you, my man? I'm good. I can't complain. <laughs> good. All right. So um, I did a lot of research on you. All right. So uh, you're going to respect this. Uh, you are described, tell me if you agree, as a really, old, quote unquote, really old man in a 24-year-old body. True. <laughs> what is exactly does that mean? Does that mean you're just mature beyond your years? Uh, yeah. I mean, just kind of lay back. Don't do stuff. Normal people. My okay. age would do, going out, things like that, kind of in the house. And I listen to a lot of R&B music, a lot of old music. Old music? Yeah. All right. Get, get you kind of into the groove, into the... Uh, just kind of like calms me down. Okay. Relax. Okay. You are chill. Do you ever do you ever get upset? Like, do you ever really... Have you ever really lost your you-know-what? Yeah. Yeah. In what kind of circumstance, if I may ask? Um, I mean, I have a younger brother. We get into it. <laughs> Okay. On the football field? Anything. Okay. Um, you know, there, there is something just really unique. One thing that's really mature about you is the way that you pursue greatness. I mean, from the very, I remember the very first day you walked in here, all the stories that we've heard, everything we've ever read. You are so singularly focused on being the best you can be on the football field. And I wonder, you know, Devontae, where did that come from? Like, has it always been that way? Um, I, I'm a firm believer in if you if you don't like enjoy doing what you're doing, then why do it? If you want to give it your all while you're doing it, I mean, who who kind of instilled that upon you? Um, it's kind of just myself. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna do something that I don't want to do. If I don't want to do it, then I'm not gonna do it. But I mean, if I enjoy doing it, I'm gonna take it seriously. I'm gonna give it everything I can. Okay, and you have fun doing these. So people who might look at you and go, man, he's so serious about it. You you have joy in that seriousness. Yeah, I have a lot of fun. Okay, I know you do. I know. Listen, I know behind the scenes, you're you're described as one of the f- most fun guys in the locker room. So I, we're, I'm just I'm just here to try to bring it out. <laughs> this is my, I'm telling you, this is the greatest challenge ever. Um, the uh, uh, I remember when you were drafted. I met him, um, Vincent Sanders, your barber, your mentor. I'm not sure if Eagles fans really, you know, they were all caught up in the. 
euphoria of the Eagles drafting you if they remember that story. Um, can you tell the story of Vincent and what he's meant to you in your life? Uh, I mean, I met Vincent. Um, his father and my grandfather was best friends. And, um, started off with his father cutting my hair. And then when I got older and got tired of getting the ball phase, I um, went, started going to Vincent. And um, just he, not only me, but he mentors a lot of kids before me. And even now he's still mentoring. So that's kind of how it started, just him taking me to different camps and things like that so I can be able to, you know, showcase my talents. And not even just that, but just life in general, just talking me through things, helping me get through things. He would describe it as like, after a game in Alabama, you would call him and kind of review the game in your mind with him. Instead of going out and, you know, hitting the town or whatever, having some meals or whatever you were doing, you would like kind of replay the game in your mind. Is that the way he, he kind of treats things? Um, yeah, he, he records every game. So, I mean, if it's something that he see I'm being around, I'm being lazy on or something I didn't do right, he'll send it to me and be like, like, what was you supposed to be doing here? Is he just a, a guy who cares about you know, young people and wants to bring them along the right way? Like, what's you know, what's he get out of it, if, if, if you know what I mean? I mean, just being able where we're from to just get kids just into better situations, giving kids the opportunity to just do something other than being in the streets. Is his background one of um, where he kind of needed some direction as well? Um, yeah, um, my grandfather kind of did the same thing that he's doing for us. My grandfather did that for him. Okay, great. I love that. Um, I have this really weird thing. Um, so I have a son who's a little bit older than you, and he totally loves you like so many Eagles fans do, people around the league. Anybody who loves the game of football loves you. And he mentioned something that he saw on Instagram, and I, I wonder if you remember it. Um, and I think it was in college, and somebody was using a Theragun, and you said to the person, don't use the Theragun too much. It can do damage to you. Oh, uh, yeah, that was that was last year. That was G. Oh, that was last year. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, so, he, so what he took it, he goes, wow, um, Devante is like so astute about everything. He's so buttoned up about everything that he like even looks into like kinesiology and things like that. Is that, is that, so t is that, tell me the story. Um, yeah. So I majored in uh, kinesiology just because like I can learn so much more about my body, how to take care of my body. If something's wrong with me, I kind of have, I don't know too much, but I know enough to where I, I know what part of the body it is and things like that. So it kind of has some information where if something is wrong, I can kind of help myself out. I, I'm going to end the interview now, and I'm just kidding. But like, I, I I've been trying to figure out how does Devonte Smith make all these crazy catches and contort your body? And you've been studying kinesiology, the study of movement, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, what ex what exactly is kinesiology? Like, I, like give me a class. Uh, I mean, well, it's a lot. Of, it's it can go in all different directions. You can go from coaching to being an um, athletic trainer. Just a lot of things. And I mean, it's kind of all over the place. That's what's kind of unique about it. Because I mean, if I want to be a coach or I want to be an athletic trainer, I kind of like can do both. Do you believe that you can teach your body to do things that it wouldn't normally naturally be able to do? I feel like you can trick your body to do certain things. Okay. Through the purpose of stretching and strength building and things like that? Stretching, repetition. Okay. Um, uh, okay, another one. Uh, just Let's just talk about being a wide receiver. In your mind, if a kid came up to you and said, hey, Devontae Smith, what does it take to be a great wide receiver? What would you say? Uh, hard work. I mean, you're not going to get nothing handed to you. You have to go out there and you have to work every day. Um, know your purpose for doing it and, like, why are you doing it? I mean, you can't just do something and not know the purpose of being a receiver. Why Why do you want to be a receiver? What do you want? What kind of receiver you want to be? All right, so I'm going to ask you those questions. Why did you want to be a receiver? Because um, I, I like having a ball. But um, I didn't want to be a running back. I didn't want to just sit up there and just let everybody just be hitting me and things like that. So, eh, I mean, I don't have a strong arm, so I couldn't be a quarterback. So just wanted to be somebody that, you know, gets the ball and be able to just make plays. And I feel like receiver was where it was for me. And then is there a specific kind of great receiver that you wanted to be? Um, growing up, I was into basketball a lot. So I wouldn't say it was a receiver that I kind of like just wanted to be. Um, but, I mean – just watching football in general, you see all, all the receivers, the Julio guys like that, that you just always watched. All right. Um, Slay says you are tough, that you've got this crazy element of toughness. Where does that come from? And I know you have played football your whole life. Other positions besides wide receiver, right? Um, I played corner and safety. Okay. Uh, where does the toughness come from? Um, so... I grew up next to a park, and, you know, a lot of the old heads always out there playing basketball, and I was the only person with a good basketball. So it was kind of like, y'all can use my basketball if y'all let me play. 
yeah, I'll just go out there and just play with them. And it was on concrete and, you know, old heads, they're not taking it easy. They didn't hit you on the ground and things like that. So that's kind of where it came from. They couldn't catch you, so they beat you up. Um, uh, so a buddy of mine, this is some of the research I did. A buddy of mine said that you and me, Cole Hardman, did these Q&As, I guess, out in the Super Bowl or something. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some questions just kind of along those lines. Okay. For a wide receiver, more important, great hands or great speed and why? Hands. Their job is to catch the ball. Okay. Uh, brains or brawn and why? Brains. Okay. Because? You got to know what you're doing. Okay. Uh, and then where does great route running come in? Like if, there, if you were to list three or four elements of hands, route running, speed, athletic ability, brains, how would you kind of rank those? How would I rank them? Um, it de- it depends. It depends. Um, I say brains first because if you don't know the playbook, then obviously you're not going to be out there. So brains, um, route running, hands, speed. Okay. Speed the last, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, this wide receiver room is very interesting. Like, like really, everybody really gets along very well. There's no – it's very selfless. Uh, explain why that is, Devontae. You and AJ are two stars. You could be at each other's throats. Um, you know, Zach could want the football more. Quez could want a bigger role. And yet everybody just is a star in their own role. Why is that? Uh, I think everybody understands that if one person is doing good, then it kind of opens up everything for everybody else. Because, okay, last week I had a good game. This week the next team come out and be trying to take me away. They open opportunities for everybody else. And, I mean, vice versa. So, I mean, you can go out there and just let the game come to you and just do what you do, do your job, make the plays that come to you. But at the end of the day, if everybody is, if everybody is doing good, then we all – everybody's going to eat. And we're all winning. All right, that's the end of the football questions. Now the real research. All right, the Batman thing and the cape. Um, do you like it? Do you, you enjoy sharing it? Are you guys having fun with that? Um, so they kind of just threw it at us, and it kind of just happened. So, I mean, we're going to roll with it. Okay, so uh, now I've done my research, Devante, and I have been told that you have a Batman tattoo from The Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, I do. And what does that mean? Like, where, like what, give, give me the story. Um, I mean, I just like Batman, and I like the Joker. So I just kind of got, like, Batman, Bane, and the Joker on my leg. On your leg. Do we ever see it? Is it up? Is it too high to see or something? Um, no, it's just on, like, my calf, around my whole okay. leg. How many tattoos do you have? I lost count. Okay. Uh, they all mean something? Yes. Okay, this is the only one I have right here. You know what that means, right? LII, right? Super Bowl 52, buddy. So give, give me another one, all right? Um, uh, nicknames um, that I've seen for you. Tell me if you like them. And I know Slim Reaper. Yeah. We don't know the origin of that, though, right? Or do, you, do you think you know the origin of that? Um, I honestly don't remember exactly how. I think somebody on Twitter started calling me. I think it was like Damian Harris or somebody started calling me that on Twitter. And like, it just stuck. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. Skinny Batman? You like it? Yeah, it's cool. We know where that came from. And then sticky hands. Okay, we'll, we'll get I, into I, I that. Know, I know where I know where it comes from. Okay, we're we gonna get, we <laughs> okay, gonna get, get into, into it. Okay. Uh, um, it's what was your plan B, Devonte? If 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 the game of football had not worked out, I ask myself that all the time. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I always ask myself that. Uh, I mean, I worked at a car wash at one point with my pops. So I honestly don't know. I ask myself myself that all the time, and I still can't find the answer. I, I do find you extremely put together. Like, you're, it seems to me that your business sense is on point. Do you think you would have been in some kind of? Do you feel like you have a natural uh, like instinct for business? A lot of endorsements last year. You really seem to have a sense for it. Um, I wouldn't say I just have an instinct for it. It was kind of like I was thrown into it, so I had to like get an understanding of it and know that if this is what I'm going to do, I got to know what's going on. Okay. Okay. Are you are you enjoying it? Yeah. Cool. Uh, you love NBA 2K. Um, tell me why you love NBA 2K, and then tell me who you love in the NBA. What's your team? Um, my team is the Boston Celtics, and I mean 2K is just something you know I can do. I can make my own player, you know, play with my friends and things like that. Play against other people. Are you good? Yeah. Do you play against people you don't know? Yeah, all the time. And and in your in your mind, do you think you would ever own a, a an esports kind of franchise? Is that ever? Crossed your mind? Uh, I never thought about that, but that's something to look into. Okay, I, I will only take one percent of your 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 gross. Uh, the Boston Celtics are a good basketball team. I mean, obviously we're Sixers fans here. How do you look? How do you look at the Eastern Conference as we are like a month away from the NBA season beginning? Uh, I mean, the East is always tough. I mean, gotta go through Milwaukee. 
um, got to go through the heat. So, I mean, it's always, the East has always Cleveland been tough. Cavaliers yeah. Is yeah, season. Cleveland's looking good. I mean, the East has always been tough, even when I was growing up, the East was tough. When you sit and watch a basketball game, do you cheer and scream and, and, and boo and all that stuff? Um, definitely. I definitely do. Um, I really don't honestly start watching basketball until the playoffs because it's just like be so busy, caught up in things. And usually when the playoffs come around, we be season getting towards the end. You start having a little more time. Okay. A couple more here. Uh, what was your game like, Devontae? Um, I mean, I was a point guard. I kind of did everything, though. I mean, I led my team in every category. <laughs> Bat rebounds? Yeah. Jeez. How close were you to being like a Division One player? Could you have, could you have been a Division One player? I was just too short. Okay. I just feel like I was just too short. Okay. Jeez. That's funny. Because everybody will say to you, gosh, you're too small to be a wide receiver. And you're like, no, I'm not too small to be a wide receiver. And then you go out and kick everybody's butt. I feel like basketball is the only thing where, like, height really matters. Okay. Like, football size doesn't really matter. I feel like in basketball size does kind of matter in basketball. Okay. Um, uh, the fashion. You have the highest taste in fashion. Um, I know it, you've worn suits since your days at Alabama. I mean, when did you start to develop a fashion sense? Um, I mean, in high school, we, we wore shirt and ties on game day. So, like, that's kind of where it happened. Um, and then just when I just kind of, like, started making my own money and things like that, that's when I started, like, getting into the suits. All right. Now, there is fashion that Eagles fans can share in. Uh, your sneaker line is out. You scored a touchdown on Sunday. That means that everybody who owns these Devontae Smith sneakers, the Sticky Hands nickname, the Sticky Hands edition, uh, it comes with NFT. They get free cheesesteaks now, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how is the sneaker line going? Um, the design is cool. Uh, it's It's got the honey. It's a honey drip sneaker. It released in September earlier this month. Um, tell me about the whole thing, man. Were you involved in the design of it, and why did you get involved in the sneaker line? Um. Yeah, I was involved in the design. Um. They kind of came to me with the idea, and it was just like, why not have your own sneaker? I mean, that's something that I feel like majority of people – love to have is their own sneaker so i was like why not just see how it is see how it goes and everything go good i mean just keep keep it going okay and so the ultimate so there's also so how can eagles fans get in on this Devonte? um and i can refer them during the course of this so each pair costs 250 bucks uh they are kelly green they're gold and pink and blue they're your favorite colors um and they can enter to win a meet and greet with you later in the season so there's there's a lot of benefits to eagles fans buying into the Devontae Smith line of sneakers. Where can they get them? Um, you can go on to my Twitter. or my. I actually think on my Instagram, we're going to put something out and they're going to go live with, with some more drops going on, I think, actually, like right now. Okay. Were you one of those kids who, like, you would wait outside and in the long lines and, and get into no, buy the sneakers, like no, Miles Sanders and I talked about a no, few weeks ago? No, I wasn't that. No, I wasn't that. Do, do you think sneakers are a really big part of, like, Going out on a date and like wearing cool sneakers, like somebody's gonna like them. Um, it depends on what how you're dressing. Are you dressing casual? Or are you dressing like kind of laid back with your, with your Jordans on? But I am a big sneakerhead now, though. Okay, last one. Uh, you are a partner with Wawa. I know you're de you're devoted to Wawa. You're addicted to Wawa. You're eating Wawa all the time. You got it. Let me see. You're repping Wawa right yeah, now. Got the Wawa yeah. shirt on okay. right now. Uh, you, you've had to do some acting, Devonte. Um, what has the acting been like for you? Um. It's been rough. I'm not the greatest actor. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the greatest actor. But I mean, it's fun, especially with guys like Avante and um, Dallas being around them. Uh, kind of brings out, brings me out some. Well, you feel more feel more natural in front of a camera. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey man, look, I, that's I've I've wasted through gone through all my. You got any questions for me? No, not You're at okay? all. Did you enjoy this? Oh yeah, definitely. Good. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate Devante you. Smith. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, best of luck this weekend. The Jacksonville Jaguars come to town. Keep up the great work. Uh, last question, just a football question. You pleased with how the season's going? Like, you feel good about the offense? You feel good about the way you're playing all that? Um, offensively, I feel like we're playing great in the first half. We just have to translate it to the second half, um, just finish what we started. We come out in the second half in every, every game. It just hasn't been our best. So you have to, you know, be better in that area. Okay. Well, 3-0 and is a good start. And when the team puts it all together, it will truly be great to watch. Devontae Smith, we thank you for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Head coach Nick Sirianni moving now into the month of October with a red-hot Philadelphia Eagles team, 3-0. and A lot of that reason, I mean, is Devontae. No catches in the opener, and then he comes back with seven against Minnesota, eight against Washington. 
Nick was a wide receiver at Mount Union in college. He's coached the position at the NFL level. In our weekly one-on-one with the head coach, I started talking about Devontae and how he does what he does. Welcome, Eagles everywhere. Philadelphia back at home this week. Jacksonville coming to town. And that means uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles here. 3-0. It's our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. And, Coach, I, I got to start with something that's remarkable to me. You're a different perspective. You played the position. You coached the position. Body control of Devontae Smith. How does he do it? Is it something you coach? Is it natural? Like, how's he doing this stuff? Yeah, a lot of that is natural. Um, you know, the way he's able to torque his body to get himself in different positions. You saw him make three different catches that were pretty amazing. And being a former wide eye, I look at that, I'm like, whoa, that was a good catch, right? I think I have a different perspective of it, knowing how hard of a catch that actually is. You know, starting with the one that is over his right shoulder, and he and he kind of drifts out, makes the play, does an unbelievable job with his feet on the sideline to, to make that big explosive play on the go ball. And then you go to the next play, it's on the post, he goes up, the ball's thrown, he turns his, and he boxes the guy out like a basketball player would and goes up and catches the football on that one. And then in that same drive, makes a contested catch for a touchdown. And so what I always think about Devontae is he has the major skill required for the position. He catches the football, and he catches it many different ways. And uh, it was on full display on Sunday. It's the agility, the body control, the hands, the concentration. You're a former receiver. I mean, incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's unbelievable just, just how he turns and twists his body and and still making that and still making the catch is, is you know, it's they're, they're unbelievable plays. And he had many other different plays that I thought were really good, too. You know, and then what sometimes not thought of with Devontae is what you saw a couple times. You know, we're running in an inside zone and he comes and he hits the safety right in the side right there to, to help spring the play. And so that's why I love Devontae, his toughness, his, his physicality. People don't think he's a physical guy. He, he's a, he is. He is a physical wide receiver. I mean, he goes out there and he lays it on the line for his teammates each week. Tell me about the Batman cape and just from your perspective, the connection, what that means, that the players have taken it upon themselves to have fun doing this kind of stuff. This should be fun. Uh, I didn't know anything about the Batman cape. I, I saw Slay's comments, uh, what was it, last week or uh, about... You know, what did he say? The swole Batman, the skinny Batman, and the fast Batman. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, and then it was pretty clever on their part to, to go get the cape. Uh, and so that's fun. I, I, I love that. I love that, that they, they, that they had that out. And I really, quite honest, didn't see it until after the game. And I, I had, a, had a chuckle on the, on the bus ride home, seeing them all put the cape on. And, uh, but that's pretty cool that they, you know, multiple guys get to put the cape on, right? And that you have that type of depth. Um, and, and playmaking ability at the, the receiver position. And so, um, you know, I, that's pretty cool. I thought, it, I thought it was cool. Other side of the football, this defense has been lights out the last two weeks. How do you explain it, what you're seeing? You know, it always starts with the defensive line. And, and every level of football, it starts with the whole line and D-line. And, and there, this is no exception here. And, uh, you know, we got some great depth there that we're able to rotate some guys and, and still be able to apply the pressure to the quarterback like we are. But what makes this such an ultimate team game is that, okay, when the defensive line is able to get that rush, well, there's going to be some good coverage going on in the secondary, and that's exactly what you're seeing. Okay, well, then it takes that a step further and say, okay, well, now they're in second and long or third and long. We know it's a passing down. We can go get the quarterback. How do you get to that? By good team defense on first and second down. So. I'm just playing really good team defense. Uh, you know, our linebackers are playing fast and physical with TJ and with Kaiser, and they're really getting after the ball and, and being physical. Is it a familiarity thing? Is that more time on the field together? The more they get to know each other, the more the coaches. I think, yeah, I think you always are trying to grow in your connection and your familiarity with each other. And uh, and there's no doubt your your goal. You know, if we live by this this philosophy of get a little bit better each day, you know, and you and you pick some things that you're getting a little bit better each day at, you start stacking those on top of each other and then you, you see significant gains by the end of the year some storylines that the media and the fans have enjoyed here obviously in washington playing carson doug coming back this week um does that impact anything inside these walls or is that kind of stories for the outside i think that goes to the riding the wave of the season like you're always going to have 
something like that, right? You know, it, you're always going to have like, well, this guy played with this guy in college football, or you know, Jason Kelsey and his brother, right, playing against each other, or, or you know, Coach Peterson, or you know, Ertz or Carson playing against their own team. I mean, those can go on forever and ever. But you're just trying to focus on the day at hand to try to get yourself ready for this week at hand, and that's the definition of dog mentality: be in the moment where you are right now. Forget about the past. Just be where you are at this particular time and work on getting a little bit better and the good things will happen and and try not to ride the waves of the season which kind of leads into the next question the goal for you is to just stay the course and get better and better three and oh all that means to you is you had a nice september yeah i guess the next game would well is going to be what october 2nd yeah that's the that's the date on it so um yeah good good start to the season but we know that in a heavyweight championship fight which is what we compare this to right you have 17 rounds um and that when you go to the corner, you go to the corner, you sit down for a second, you catch your breath, you figure out what you did wrong, um, you try to make that correction of what you did wrong, and you come out the next round thinking about that round and that round only. You don't think about what could happen, what's going to happen if I'm the heavyweight champion, what's going to happen in round nine, what's going to... What happened in last round? When you do that, you end up getting knocked out on that round. And so our goal is to sit there and and come out the next round swinging and and ready to go and be completely focused on round four. The next round is Sunday. The Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars at Lincoln Financial Field. It's our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Thanks for joining everyone and go Birds. The Jacksonville Jaguars are coming off an impressive 38-10 win over the Los Angeles Chargers on the road. So Jacksonville going from L.A. back to Jacksonville, up to Philadelphia for Sunday's game. It is the return of Doug Peterson. We all know that Eagles fans will give him a large ovation prior to the game, and then it will be all about the game. And as you heard Nick say, you know, every week it's like a different kind of reunion in the NFL. That's why kind of low-keying it here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Lots of love for Doug, of course, but the objective is to win for the Eagles on Sunday. What are the Jaguars all about? We find out here in our first look with John Oser from Jaguars.com. John, thanks so much for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We are excited to see Jacksonville. We're excited to see Doug Peterson. Um, Tell me a little bit about this football team that uh, certainly seems to be making progress what a great win on Sunday for the team. Yeah, it was a big win. Um, the, uh, I would say what you're seeing is a young team that knew it had talent uh, start to figure out uh, what it is. Um, the defense obviously played very well against the Colts in week two in a shutout. And you saw the offense with, uh, obviously everybody knows about Trevor Lawrence, but some, I guess, weapons coming together. They're starting to figure out how to move and starting to uh, figure out how to play under Doug Peterson. Uh, and then you really saw it yesterday, uh, meaning Sunday against the Chargers. That was a tighter game than it looked. It was 16-10 to 10 at one point in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the Jaguars' offense uh, rolls off three straight drives, uh, 55, 60, 70-yard drives like that, three straight. And it's, it's 38, uh, 38-10 before you know it. And, uh, you know, it's – I guess I would say it's unexpected because the team has been down for so, so long. Strikingly, and I'm sure you know this about Doug Peterson, uh, not a whole lot of surprise. It's a very professional approach. And uh, I think, I don't know if he saw 28-point wins against uh, contenders coming, but I think he knew he was going to improve. So how how is Trevor meshed with Doug, and, and what kind of developments are you seeing now with your franchise quarterback? Uh, it, it seems pretty quickly. I mean, uh, Dave, like, like you have been doing this a while, so I hate to, I hate to call two games a, 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 a career-defining trend. So you want to hold back a little bit because he struggled last year. Uh, missed some throws against Washington in week one that probably cost him the game. Uh, missed some very makeable throws. But the last two weeks, uh, Doug and uh, Press Taylor and Mike McCoy, you know, sort of the offensive brain trust along with Jim Bob Cooter. They put Trevor in really good situations, uh, long stretches of accuracy, which had been sort of his, uh, hadn't done that all the time in his first 18 games. Went 25 of 30 against the Colts, 
13 of 15 in the second half against the Chargers. A lot of that was because they were in good situations where they were thrown when they wanted to throw, but he's starting to look like that arm talent, mega talent guy coming out of college. I, I don't know how else you interpret it, but that the meshing with Doug Peterson has gone very, very well. So tell me about the rest of the offense. Is it a power running game? Looks like, you know, really reliable, good offensive line and some receivers who've been productive. I mean, the last couple of weeks, like you said, this really has looked like a football team uh, and certainly an offense on the rise. Yeah, they probably run like a lot of teams run these days. Uh, Doug believes in stick to it, uh, sticking to it with this group, James Robinson and Travis Etienne, and their yards in the last couple of weeks have come on uh, big plays. You know, they'll run one, two yards, James Robinson, they'll stick to it. And then Robinson had a 50-yard run to sort of break the game open into a 23-10 game in the third quarter uh, yesterday, meaning against the Chargers. Then he had a 37-yarder against the Colts. So uh, that's where the bulk of their runs have come from. But it's the old thing. You get them how you get them in the running game. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a uh, – I, I would call it a bit of a uh, – of, of an offense without a lot of big, big names at the skill positions. But uh, Christian Kirk, who they signed as a free agent from Arizona in the offseason, has really been productive. Three touchdowns in three games and getting close to that 100-yard average in three games. And then, uh, you know, James Robinson is, for two or three years, fantasy football players, no, just a reliable player. I wouldn't call him ground and pound. I wouldn't call this a, a run-centric offense. It's been strikingly balanced, which you haven't seen around here in a long time. You know, it's always interesting, John, when when teams play the Eagles. I, I'm always fascinated to find out, like, how are they going to match up with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? And, you know, all of a sudden the Eagles have this really explosive offense. How equipped are the Jags to handle that, to pressure Galen, to handle his multidimensional skills? What do you think from the Jags' team? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it's uh, I'm not sure anybody in the league matches that up that well against A.J. Brown. This team saw him a lot with Tennessee, and, you know, he is what he is. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still stunned the Titans let him go. Uh, in terms of handling Hurts, you know, the, the, the Jaguars are, are a very good defense that feels like it's getting better. Uh, the, they have put pressure on quarterbacks. They're very athletic up front. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, and Josh Allen, are their two big names. They can pressure the passer. They're athletic to get after it. They haven't put up what I would call huge sack numbers, but they've been disruptive. Uh, my sense is they will mostly rely on their athleticism to counter uh, the athleticism of Hurt. One X factor for the Jaguars that's starting to come along right now is that Devin Lloyd, who is the 27th overall pick, a linebacker out of Utah, uh, He's got six pass defense and, and uh, two interceptions in the last two games uh, and is playing very well pursuing in the run game. Uh, this kid's coming on, so it, it's another element of that athleticism on the front seven I was talking about. Uh, I, I would think that will be their their calling card, if you will, against Hurts, although you know, I'm not sure anything's enough right now against that guy. Yeah, he's, he's really lighting it up. Um, well, for half anyway, the, the, the offense still <laughs> hasn't put it all together. It's been pretty crazy to watch. You know, it's interesting, John, like, you know, young teams, they, they start to get some traction. You guys they go out to California and win a huge road game. I know it, was, it broke some long losing streak on the road. And I wonder, I mean, so then you, you land back, you know, early on Monday morning. Then you got to pack it back up on Saturday and come up to Philadelphia against a good Eagles team. Boy, this is a moment that the Jags really could kind of say, we are on the way going to Philly and winning a game. Do you feel like that's kind of a, an opportunity for this team? Yeah, it's funny. First of all, as you know from being on these trips, it's a lot easier to get back on that plane next week after you win after a late night get back, right? I mean, that's, the, uh, that's part of it. But, yeah, I mean, I felt like they thought that about – about yesterday a little bit because it's been so long since this franchise has tasted success, probably early 2018. They lost 18 straight on the road. They'd never beaten the Chargers out west. Just so many firsts that, you know, 
it's cliche, but I think it holds true with this team that they've never been anywhere before. So I don't know if they're really thinking along the lines that we're talking about, but I definitely think it's there. I mean, it, I said before the Chargers game that if they came out of the Chargers Eagles sequence at two and two, that I would think, okay, this team's got a chance to contend. Uh, they wouldn't say this. Winning against the Eagles, I think, would be gravy. You're still coming out two and two against a stretch that looks very difficult. But, um, you know, this is one of those teams, and I know you guys have been around up there in Philly because you've had teams get good and get on roll. All of a sudden, all the preseason pronostications and all the thought about this team, when you win 24 nothing and 38-10 back-to-back, you got to rethink it. And I think this team just thinks it's a team that can go play. And I'm not sure they know enough about what they're not supposed to do to think that they're not supposed to go to Philly and win, if you follow me. Yeah, totally. I, I, it, sometimes it's better not to know anything. Just go and play. Don't, don't yeah. have expectations. And they're still you know, don't, young. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, and they tasted nothing. I mean, it, you know, even the second-year, third-year guys who were young tasted nothing but a mess last year. So, they, I mean yeah. – I think a lot of these guys are just happy that that's over. And now to be winning, you asked me earlier about the trust in Trevor Lawrence. The trust the team has in Doug Peterson, uh, I think at this point is just total because, you know, he's let him out of the abyss. And I think most of the players are so happy and not shocked, but they've been fed a lot the last couple of years with different head coaches, especially Urban Meyer last year to have what is coming out of that mouth be real and happen has really galvanized the team. You know, the words you've used with Doug are professional and um, kind of the, all, the idea of everybody being all in, which none of that surprises me having seen Doug up close for five years. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how Doug might be impacted by coming back to Philly? If at all, I, I don't, I don't really believe that that would be the case, but what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know him far better than I do. I mean, when you're around him in the capacity, you were around him on those runs. I know you know more about what makes him tick. But he, he's an honest guy, a low-key guy. He was actually asked about the Philly stuff sometime this summer. I, for, I forget what the occasion was, but somebody said, yeah, you're going back to you know, et cetera. And he said at the time, obviously, it's going to be um, something that he thinks about. Um, and – I, I, I would think what's going to be interesting, and I'd like to hear you guys' perspective on it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it all week. Some coaches, some guys get booed when they go back to a place. I, I can't imagine Philly fans will view. No, they won't boo them. No. We'll take that route. You, so I don't think like they don't affect them that much. Yeah, they, they didn't boo Andy Reid. You know, look, when the game starts, you're, you're rooting for the Eagles. But when Doug walks sure. out on the field, he'll be, he'll be cheered. I mean, my gosh, he brought the, the only Super Bowl trophy – the only Lombardi trophy in the history of Philadelphia. So, of course, there's always yeah, so I think it'll players. be emotional, but I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it affect it. Like, it's not going to affect him. You know him. He, he, he'll admit it, tell a small joke about it, and then move on. But it'll be a thing all week, but I don't think it'll affect him in any significant way. Last one, John. Um, Eagles fans, you might be so nasty. It's Jacksonville Jaguars. I, yeah, they had a nice win last week, but who cares? Give me a reason why Jacksonville can win this game. Well, they believe in themselves, and they're they're a pretty good defense, and uh, with a chance to be a really good defense. But I think mostly, um, you know, the offensive coaches, the offensive game plans have been off the charts good the last couple of weeks. These guys don't go three and out very much. Their offense moves very efficiently. Um, you know, they're they're scoring enough to give them a chance, and they're a really balanced team. So it's uh. You know, I've covered a lot of bad teams up here or uh, down here, so I'm still waiting for something to fall apart, if you follow me. But, you know, they keep doing a lot of things right. And I think they just might be a decent team. So, And they believe in themselves going up to Philly. So when that's the case, you're young, you're healthy. Uh, if things go right in the first half, let's see what the second half brings, right? And in this week's Extra Points, Chris Long joined the Philadelphia Eagles after winning the Super Bowl with the New England Patriots in 2016. He joined the Eagles in 2017, and there we go. He wins it again with the Eagles. He was 
an impact player and person in his two years with Philadelphia, 2017 and 2018. He comes back to Philly and Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday as the team's honorary captain. And Chris and I sat down earlier this week and talked about his career in Philadelphia, what he's doing now, and just just (laughs) what it's like to be a left fielder in a men's softball league. The Eagles play the Jaguars this weekend at Lincoln Financial Field. And our honorary captain, former Eagles defensive end Chris Long, Chris is looking good there with your Lombardi trophies. Uh, First of all, hello. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, Hey, 3-0 start. Nice nice September. Now it's time to get into October. And I know for you, Chris, look, 11 seasons in the league. Um, Perspective now that you've stepped out of the league. You know how fans are in this town, how excited they are. Um, Some perspective first on your time with the Eagles and then kind of what you're seeing from this football team. Yeah, I mean, obviously my time with the Eagles is such a blessing uh, for a guy who kind of toiled in uh, obscurity for a long time on some pretty bad teams in a, in a market that loved us a lot but was smaller to get to play in Philly. Um, you know, even after that Super Bowl in New England, it really made my career. I say that all the time. Um, I don't know where I'd be without that time in Philly. I'm very thankful. But I think when you look at now, um, the number one thing that I appreciate is that it was just yesterday the window was open and it seemed to close for a second, you know, change your quarterback, a lot of new faces, uh, and Howie and the gang have really stuck the landing. You know, I got to give it to them. This is, um, the window is right back open. There's some of the same players, but if you look at the defense, there's a lot of new faces. Obviously the offensive line is the same. That's a key, key part of this whole thing but they've drafted pretty well um, and they're right. They're right there in September. I don't know who's better definitively in the NFC. Chris, there's so many ups and downs in, in the season and, and stops and starts. And I mean, we always talk about 2017. Everybody obviously looks very fondly back on that season. Do you have a sense of like when you thought or the locker room kind of thought that you really had something special? I, I got caught on Mike Dub talking to Bo Allen during the Denver game and uh, people like to point out that I looked over my shoulder and asked them, are we good? Like, are we pretty good? And I think, you know, there were moments throughout the year where we we thought, okay, we're pretty good. Um, there are moments throughout the year where you thought maybe we're a contender. And then there were times when, you know, you weren't sure towards the end of the season with the injury to Carson. Like we go out to LA after a Seattle loss, we stayed on the West coast, which was a real bonding experience for us. And I think it was a great move by Doug and them. Uh, but we end up in LA playing kind of the class of the NFC and we find ourselves in a, in a battle where Carson gets hurt, small locker room at the Coliseum guys crammed in there. Um, you know, barely enough room to put your stuff on to, to make adjustments at halftime. Uh, but after that game, it was such a scene in there, you know, it was that it was surreal. It was like, well, we get the news that we just lost Carson. We had this great win. You know, we're bonding together. Um, and in that moment, we were like, we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Let's enjoy this win. And when tomorrow came, we, we kind of uh, formed together and, and, and rallied behind Nick. So what, when did we know that we were going to be great? I'm not sure. But there were all types of exciting moments and then bumps in the road. Um, I think for us, it was just uh, it was fly by the seat of your pants the whole year. <laughs> it was cer- certainly a lot of fun. Hey, your career, 11 years in the league, the first eight, as you said, in St. Louis. Great production, a team that just didn't win as much as you wanted them to win. Yeah. No playoff time. Then you go to New England, win a Super Bowl. Philly, two years here, win a Super Bowl. In your mind, is there something that distinguishes a Super Bowl team from a non-Super Bowl team? Are there certain characteristics? Players and coaches, it's so it's so oversimplified, but there's no way around it. Um, obviously, if you have the player and you have if you have the players rather and you have a, a great head coach or a good head coach, um, you know, there are certain areas of a team that are non-negotiables, in my opinion. Um, and it, it kind of depends on what kind of offense you're running and what kind of defense you're running. But on, in that 2017 team. You know, our D-line, although we didn't have any double-digit guys, we were really, really good, and we were really deep. Um, and that that fits for today's game. Look at the Buffalo Bills on the other side of the NFL and the AFC. 
they're very deep on the defensive line, built a lot the way that the today's Eagles and the 2017 Eagles were built. Obviously, Derek Barnett, uh, you know, that hurts the depth, but um, having depth up front on the defensive side of the football and then having that offensive line, um, which has been such a kind of something people could almost take for granted in Philly. You know, it's been even when you've had to transition, it's been seamless. I mean, imagine thinking a few years ago that Jordan Mailata, this kid from across the world who hadn't played football, was going to be a guy that you could sign to a big deal and not think twice lining him up opposite Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, Sayamalo, who's been really solid. And then obviously Jason Kelsey and then having a mini Jason Kelsey waiting in the wings like you're building that team the right way. So. Offensive line, defensive line, very important. Chris, there's a lot of components to being an NFL player. It's not just what you do on the field. It's what you do in the community, and nobody has done it better than you in terms of just taking care of your community and thinking far outside the boundaries of the NFL. As yeah. one walks into the Novacare complex, there's a trophy case to the right. The Lombardi Trophy is there. The World Championship ring is there. And then there's also... Three Walter Payton replicas, Walter Payton Man of the Year awards. You won it in 2017. Harold Carmichael won it. Troy Vincent won it. We're very proud to present that to the world. What did that Walter Payton Man of the Year award mean to you for all the work that you did off the field? Well, I think more than anything, it's an award you share with the community you play in. Because uh, if it's not for Philly, I don't win that award. Like, that award to me is really cool, but it's also an award that I don't think of as like, I did it. You know, I really don't. I never have. Um, if anything, I felt a little uncomfortable at times with it because you're getting so much praise and you're doing really what you're supposed to do. Um, and to win that award, all you have to do, I mean, you're not making a decision to win that award, but you make a decision to do good work. It's just, it's a decision. I mean, it, you have so much as a player um, and, uh, you know, certainly there's, you have to be charismatic and lead people as somebody who wants to, you know, form a foundation or, or get fans behind them. But I think more than anything, it's just making a decision that I'm going to do something with this opportunity and then being in the right place. And for me, Philly, right place, right time, uh, having a huge kind of army of, of Eagles fans behind you to get behind all the issues you want to talk about. Um, they, they won the award. I mean, like, any of us that won that thing, if, if, if anybody says it's about me, like that's BS. It's not about me. And at times it made me a little uncomfortable, but I'm very proud to have uh, shared it with Philly. What is life like for you now, Chris? How did you, you know, kind of replace the competitiveness of football? I always find that interesting how yeah. players, all their whole life they've been competing. What are you doing these days? Men's league softball, Dave. Are you really? You know? Beer league, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really am. Yeah, I pulled my hamstring two weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, my shoulder hurts, uh, you know, I'm a, it, I didn't realize that I played 11 years in the NFL until I tried to play softball, but like <laughs> that, uh, and, and, uh, and just doing the podcast, I do green light pod here. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot of football. It keeps me involved in the game, you know? Um, but more than anything, it gives me something to grind at and work, work at because that that's really, even if you love football or you don't love football. You know, there's varying degrees of loving that game we played for a long time. You know, I did love the grind and I loved um, staying after it and having some every day that you wake up and chase. And I think that's the hardest thing to replace is, is you know, that intrinsic motivation, uh, almost like, a, hey, I got to answer the bell today or I'm letting a bunch of people down. The hardest thing about transitioning is you, you you're kind of answering for yourself. And so I got to figure out ways that I can make myself accountable and, and work is one of them. Um, but more than anything, I'm just happy to be around my family a bunch. So um, it's life is about balance. It's, it's hard to figure out uh, as a football player for a long time. There's not a lot of balance. You get out, you try to find that balance, but still keep that competitive juice flowing. And for me, it's building this business and this podcast. Maybe I see you as a first baseman batting fourth in the lineup. You tell me. <laughs> I was in left field um, because I just didn't want the pressure. You know, I, it's so funny. For so many years, you 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 run to the pressure. You love the pressure. You love, but I don't want to be the guy that lets our softball team down. Man, misses, loses a pop fly in the lights. You know, like Sky Moore and in in, in uh, Indy the other day. Like I don't I don't want to lose a pop fly. So I go out there and and they hit every ball to left field. I didn't know. Yeah. So my arm shot after one game. 
Uh, and then they put me at DH, and and that paid dividends. I hit my first dinger the other night, so that was good. Perfect, perfect. I'm sure that that yeah. trot around the bases was epic. Uh, hey, Chris, it's going to be cool seeing you on <laughs> Sunday. Um, fans are totally jacked up. You know about how they react here. Three and zero. Doug's coming back. Big game, big moment. Uh, what will yeah. it be like for you, just being in that environment, hearing the crowd once again? I'm so excited about that, man. Like I, you know, not a lot gets me going, but. Uh, just going back up there and and feeling the crowd and the atmosphere. Obviously, going up there for our tailgate, which is going to be great for the Chris Long Foundation. But you know, going up there and and taking the field, I'm really excited to just see my friends. Even if it's hey, what's up? Give Lane a hug. Uh, give Fletch a hug. You know, see Kelsey, those guys, and see Doug, man. You know, just to dab Doug up. I really appreciate that, dude. And I'm very, I'm very. I'm very thankful and very happy for him. You know, this is a good football team that he's, he seems to have turned this team around down there in Jacksonville. And that's the thing. That's the thing about Doug. He he can get people to play fast and they don't even know they're playing fast because he's just that he's got that kind of energy. And for Philly to fall into another great head coach, it seems in Nick Sirianni, um, who a lot of people counted out. Uh, it's, it's just going to be a great matchup and I can't wait. The energy is going to be insane. Hey, tell me uh, quickly, the fans, can they take part in your tailgate, the Chris Long Foundation? How can fans be a part of, of you on Sunday? Yeah, head over to the events section of the Chris Long Foundation uh, website and, uh, and check us out. There's still, there's still tickets out there. Um, you can come and, and hang out. We'll probably it's going to be me, uh, Brent Selleck, Todd Harriman's is talking about being out there, A.J. Feely, Bo Allen, if the hurricane doesn't keep him in Tampa, is going to be up there. Um, I told him he should just drive. I don't know what his problem is, but, um, you know, all of us are going to be hanging out and we're going to be hanging out with Eagles fans. Like I love the tailgate format of it because for so many years, I'd look out the window at my hotel or out the window of the bus on the way to the game. And I'd be like, man, I wish I could tailgate. And now I get the chance to do it and for a good cause. So it's going to, you know, educational equity, clean water, um, you know, our, our ed zone work we've done in Charlottesville, we're launching a chapter in Philly. So a lot of the what you'll give by just being there is going to go right back into Philly. So, hey, listen, softball league tailgates and still making the world a better place to live. Chris Long, a role model, <laughs> and so I'm so glad you've taken the time to to meet with me today, and can't wait to see you on Sunday. Thanks so much, Chris. Great seeing you. I'll see I'll see you Sunday. Go birds. Go birds. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Make sure you're with us on Sunday shortly after the game. That's how quickly we get it out. It's our instant reaction podcast, our Eagles insider podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Uh, We'll have immediate turnaround on the reaction from the Eagles-Jaguars game at Lincoln Financial Field. Hopefully, the Eagles will be in another great mood. Many, many thanks to the Eagles Media Relations Department for helping with Get ready for Devontae. Uh, I really enjoyed that interview a lot. Uh, just an engaging young man. He just doesn't have a lot to say at times. But I feel like I brought out the very best in him. I had a lot of fun with that. Hope you guys did too. I want to thank Peter Kelly for making this all sing and dance to perfection. Ray Doyle for all of his work and just everybody who's involved. A lot of people involved on the production side. Uh, just organizing everything and making sure that this comes out as a great podcast, which it does each and every week. Thanks to all of you for joining. Make sure you give us a review. If you liked it, we'd love a five-star review. There is a link in the details section of your podcast library. So please, we love those five-star reviews. They really do mean a lot. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!